Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Nittany Lions Sports Report. It is live here on Bob Long Sports every week. Your hosts, he's Tyler Gellhouse, and I'm Bob Long, and thrilled to have everybody alongside. So, Tyler, we spent last week breaking down uh, rain-infested uh, slop fest, Penn State Northwestern. We saved the Michigan talk for this week because it's time to ramp up the listener following and the fan base for Penn State, Michigan. Big noon kickoff on Fox, the big crew, Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, the whole big noon kickoff team led by Rob Stone, certainly Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, Brady Quinn, the whole gang. Oh, that's right. Urban Meyer as well (laughs) will be there. But it's a top 10 matchup between two teams that – are good. I think they're both incomplete football teams and we'll talk about that, but it should be a great matchup. And what's your opening thoughts? Well, my opening thoughts is going into this game. I, I really think it can go either way. Um, I think, as you mentioned, I think you hit the nail um, right on the head early um, saying that both teams are top 10 and they both, are far from complete teams and um, each team has weaknesses. Each team has strengths. And I think they're actually really evenly matched um, when you really break it down. Um, I think really what this game essentially comes down to um, is, is who, who doesn't turn the ball over and, and who scores red zone touchdowns. I don't think it's the kind of game you can rely on field goals and um, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think, um, well, there's there's a lot of things Penn State can do offensively. I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, as always, I will say Penn State will go as Sean Clifford goes. And hopefully that having a six-year quarterback against uh, a sophomore or a redshirt freshman, um, you know, hopefully experience is worth something in this game. And because J.J. McCarthy for Michigan is a talented quarterback. Um, but let's – this is his um, – I guess seventh start, right? They're six and zero. Penn State's five and zero. That's right. So um, he is yet to play a ranked team, um, and and arguably he has not seen. Even though they did play Iowa, who has a very good defense, as always, I don't think they've seen a defense quite like Penn State and the athletes that they present. JJ McCarthy is a talented quarterback. Sean Clifford is a is a talented quarterback. I think there's more talent in that room for the guys beyond. Sean Clifford, we don't need to relitigate that. But J.J. McCarthy and Sean Clifford remind me of one another. Guys that can make it big plays, can make it happen with their legs a little bit, um, can will their team when they're playing well, can also make big mistakes, Tyler, and put their team in bad spots when when they're not, right? And um, the efficiency of their quality decision-making is not high enough. That That's the first thing. You know, the other thought and something presented to me by a a buddy of mine, not a Penn State fan, not a Penn State hater, just a a big college football fan. He said, Bob, if you switch the jerseys on these two teams this weekend, you put Penn State and Michigan blue and, you know, Michigan and Penn State white, would you even really know the difference? Would you be able to tell the teams apart? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think there are certain facets of it. Uh, maybe Michigan has a slightly more experienced and better offensive line. Uh, maybe Penn State has the more dynamic running backs, but a guy like Blake Corum is is very, very stable. Um, you know, maybe Michigan's 
defense, maybe I would take Penn State's defense over over Michigan State's, maybe the front seven. But I think the point stands that these teams are very similar. I think the number five ranking versus the number 10 ranking is strictly indicative of the fact that Michigan went to the college football playoff last year and was preseason ranked. Penn State was five and six and was was unranked and headed into the season. Yeah, um, I, I think when you go across the board and, and you go matchup by matchup, you know, you compare, I would agree, Michigan probably has the edge at the offensive line. Quarterbacks, you already touched on. Running backs, yes, Blake Corum is running for a ton of yards, uh, but Penn State's running backs are very good in their own right. Um, you know, tight ends, I think that might be a, an area where Penn State actually has a strength, and I was going to get into that a little bit. Um X's and O's type, but this is an area tight end position where I think Penn State can go a little bit 12 personnel as we have talked about in the past. Um, you know, Theo Johnson's back healthy. Hopefully Tyler Warren's 100%. You have Brenton Strange playing the best football of his career right now. Um, you know, Michigan's defense struggles against tight ends receiving. And I think when you factor in the tight ends blocking which has been a weakness over the last couple of years but Brenton Strange has become a pretty good blocker um extra blockers in the running game you know that opens up play action at the tight ends I think multiple tight ends could have big days for Penn State I think that's really an area to watch um but yeah across the board Bob I mean both receiving groups are pretty similar I'd probably give the slight edge to Michigan there but then you know Penn State's secondary is the best that they've probably ever had at Penn State you know um, well, yeah, which is three- funny because they they are playing great, but the guy leading the charge, Jair Brown, had uh second, beg my pardon, but second round pick in Jaquan Brisker alongside him. How, how is this year's secondary better than last year's? I think it's better because I think Joey Porter is playing. Joey Porter Jr. is playing a lot better. Um, he, he, so far, knock on wood, um, I think maybe he's only gotten called for one or two DPIs, holdings, whatever you want to call it, all year. Um, I think last year with um, uh, Ty, Terry Craster, you know, yeah. as good a player as he was, he was hobbled by injury. And um, he, I don't even know what, if he was ever really truly 100%. And the, the reason I think they're better is because – I think you're seeing it. It's it's to me, it's the depth. Okay, yes, Jaquan Brisker, second round pick, he was great for Penn State. Jair Brown had a great year last year, having a great year this year. Played alongside Brisker at safety. I think that he's probably a second round pick, second third round pick, somewhere in there. I don't really know how he stacks up compared to other safeties, but where where I see the value with this secondary is, we have guys like Kalen King, a sophomore starting opposite. Joey Porter Jr. Then behind him, you have Johnny Dixon, who starts sometimes in place of Caitlin King. They kind yep. of rotate. They they both play a ton of ball. They're both very they're very aggressive. They play a very aggressive style of play. Um, and that that's that's kind of why like a lot of teams, you know, remember week one, Purdue didn't throw at Caitlin King. They were throwing at Joey Porter, and he had all those breakups. You know, yep. um, lately. They've been a lot of teams have been going away from Porter Jr. and Dixon and and um and and King have done a really nice job. And then you factor in Daquan Hardy; he's had his ups and downs in the nickel. That's 
that's an area of concern for Saturday, I think, because Michigan has, you know, if Roman Wilson comes back healthy and, and Ronnie Bell, they do have some weapons there that they could utilize in the middle of the field. But then back to the safety position, um, no doubt the safety play um, replacing the, the safety, whoever it is, replacing Brisker, whether it's Keaton Ellis, Zaki Wheatley, Jalen Jalen uh, Reed, Reed no, yeah. at other safeties. No, they are not um, Jaquan Brisker, at least not at this point of their career. But they're, they have four quality safeties that have all played, have all made impact plays this year. Um, and, and that's why I really, really like the secondary because of the depth. It's a great answer. You've sold me. I agree. <laughs> I think the rest of the secondary has gotten better. Um, but Brisker is one of the all-time greats. At, Absolutely. At Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that speaks volumes to, you know, Terry Smith, the cornerbacks coach, um, Anthony Poindexter, the safeties coach, because they lost one of their all-time great safeties. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the secondary room is probably even better than it was when he left. And you mentioned that name, Poindexter, right? I mean, a, a very, very well-established and highly respected coach, a guy who shortly after the regular season we thought may be gone. He will be gone at some point. He's a hot enough coaching commodity. Uh, folks thought he was going back to his alma mater at the University of Virginia. That did not happen. Keep him and, and, and take him while you have him, Penn State football exactly. fans. Yes. Yep, he's a rock star. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, you know how the coaching carousel, as soon as the season's over, that'll start back up with all the rumors flying around. It will. It will. So let's talk. You wanted to get into X's and O's and talking about tight ends, talking about some of the defensive schemes. So why don't we get right into that, Tyler? Sure. Your X's and O's break down your keys to this football game what Penn State fans can expect to see with Michigan. All right. Well, Michigan on offense, um, J.J. McCarthy, so far, the games I've seen, um, uh, a lot of people like to call him check down king. You know, he's, he's kind of just dinking it and dunking it underneath. Um, he, he struggles with his deep ball. Um, so does Clifford. So, again, they're pretty – they're kind of similar in that aspect. Um they're going to look to run the ball. Uh, Blake Corum, as you mentioned earlier, I think he has over 700 yards already this season. Yeah. Um, shorter running back, only about five foot eight, five foot nine, and he's built. He's about 210, 215. Um, he, he's really good. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no denying that. Um, you know, you know, Penn State's got some really good running backs too. Um, but, but Michigan's going to look to run the ball with. Of Corum, they got Donovan Edwards, a former five-star, backing him up. Backing him up, he's a good receiving back. Um, you know, I, I think that the way to beat Michigan, uh, and and their receivers are okay. It's like it's kind of like Penn State. Nobody that's really going to kill you, but they have an okay group, solid group. Um, I, I think the game plan, Bob, is, in my opinion, it's pretty similar to Auburn on the defensive side of things, in in the. Um, aspect of you want to you want to have your linebackers coming downhill your safety's coming down stopping that run um because that's what they're looking to do and you can do that when you have really good cornerbacks like i mentioned earlier and i would force jj mccarthy to beat you with his arm i wouldn't let them run all over you i don't think they're going to run all over penn state i would force jj mccarthy a young quarterback 
hasn't played in a, a top matchup like this, whatever you want to call it, um, have him beat you. And and I think that's that's the key on the defensive side for Penn State is for, for McCarthy to beat you with his arm. Completely agree. This is a Michigan team that, listen, I believe at this moment they deserve their ranking. Um, and, and there have been some games where they've done well offensively, right? Quorum has had a great year. Uh, I don't know if this is a team that runs Penn State out of the building. Not like 2016, not like 20, maybe 18. Those two straight. 2018, yeah. Yes. Well, 2016 as well, right? I mean, the second. Oh, that was the first. And they smoked us. Yeah. Yeah. So two consecutive road games for Penn State and Michigan have not gone well. Beat them during um, the. That's right. Exactly right. But again, this is a team in Michigan. I don't see this being that type of blowout game that we saw in 16 and 18. I think Penn State is good enough defensively. Shocked by that. What's that? Say that one more time. I would be shocked if it was a blowout game. It it does not seem like that. Yep. And, And so that, you know, that's where I'm at. I think Penn State's ability to run the football, this is not necessarily rocket science, but. Michigan will control clock as best they can, look to assert their will offensively, and look to manage that clock and work through some of those checkdowns. But also I think if they can be successful running the football and get J.J. McCarthy into play-action situations, that's where they can create space in the middle of the field and be successful. Penn State, I think, has to match Michigan from a physicality standpoint offensive and defensive line. Again, none of this is particularly high-level stuff here, but win the battle at the line of scrimmage, be able to take some time off the clock. I'll say shorten this football game as well. And I think you're going to need a big-time run from a Nick Singleton or a Katron Allen, right? A 30- to 40-yard touchdown run to, yeah. you know, to have that type of big play. I think that's going to be the difference in this one. I still have my concerns about Sean Clifford taking on the best defense, most likely that he's seen almost certainly that he's seen all year long. He continues to make mistakes, made three or four just awful plays against Northwestern. Um, You know, of course did the same thing against Purdue Uh, had three pretty solid games in the meantime, but you saw a return to the Clifford, that yeah. we've seen in years past against Northwestern. It's going to be much better weather this time around. That is of concern when you have a defense as fast as what you'll see with Michigan. Yeah, it's, you just never know what Sean Clifford you're going to get. And that's that's kind of how it's been the last couple of years. And, you know, is it going to be the healthy Sean Clifford? Is it going to be the accurate, the inaccurate? You just We just don't know. And that's that's – why it's uh and it's been frustrating and it's, it's been a roller coaster um but Tyler another another thought there while we're staying with the offense is that wide receiver core and, and we've touched on it in past shows but Mitchell Tinsley fantastic possession receiver uh, can make a guy miss in the open field we've seen that once or twice Parker Washington a, a very very good receiver sure-handed I wonder, I still don't have the confidence about these guys against quality, high-level athletic defenses creating space 
in yeah. the two to three seconds that Sean Clifford needs to deliver the football. We've seen I, issues creating space against Central Michigan at times. We certainly saw issues creating space again. The turf was awful against Northwestern, but against some inferior opponents, separation from these wide receivers has not been as easy to come by as you as you'd like to then make an assertion that they're going to be able to do it on the road against this Michigan secondary. I, I mean, that's 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 very valid. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, I, I think they they lack a big play threat at receiver too. And I was hoping Keandre Lambert Smith could be that guy, and he still might be. He's a little banged up, left the Northwestern game in a boot. Yep. James Franklin today said he's hopeful that he can play. Um, that would be very nice if he could. Uh, he's had a case of the drops through his career. Um, he, he had that nice slant catch touchdown um, after he got hit against uh, Purdue. So he's got the big play capability once the ball's in his hands. Um, as you mentioned, Tinsley's more of a possession receiver. He's done a lot of really good things for Penn State this year. Um, Parker Washington, I just I think they've got to get him more involved still. Um, you know, I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm concerned that he doesn't have a touchdown catch yet. That doesn't really concern me. But I, I think he's capable of doing a little bit more than, than what they're utilizing him. And, um, you know, he, he can he can beat guys over the top, although he's better underneath. But he, he is capable of doing that. And I just think that there's a little bit more there that they can get from him. And, honestly, the receiver talk, that's why I think that you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel on Saturday. Um because right now, especially with the injury to Lambert Smith, uh, he's questionable. Um, you know, the receivers, as funny as it sounds, might be the, the weakest part of the offense right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the tight ends, I, I think it's a really good room. And, you know, they, they're receiving threats too. So that's kind of why I was leaning, add that in with the fact that Michigan struggles um, you know, against their linebackers and coverage. that That's why I think that it could be a big game for the tight ends. Agreed. Switching gears a little bit on the defensive line compared to that staunch Michigan offensive line and, and the really talented guys they have across that front five, plus the rushing threat. Penn State traditionally pretty good against the run. They've been pretty good against everything defensively this mm-hmm. year, taking into account the quality of opponents that they've played against. But my question to you is this, right? The unstoppable force, the immovable object. I don't think the Michigan offense or the Penn State defensive line are necessarily either of those things, but a strength of each team. Penn State's ability to get into the backfield. Uh, they've been very good rushing the passer this year. Michigan certainly going to look to um, – basically uh, oppose that and and mitigate that by running the ball consistently. How do you see that battle playing out? That's a great question. Um, Michigan is going to be without their starting right tackle. Um, I don't know his name, but they have a a guy, another guy starting right tackle coming in for him, obviously the backup, but apparently there's not that much difference um, in talent. Uh, That's pretty much all I know about it, but, I will say, uh, as you mentioned, Penn State is very good at stopping the run. Um, I like the fact that you have P.J. Mustafer and Hakeem Beeman is there in there. Experienced guys have been through it, starters. You have depth now. I mean, because I Izzard's back from injury, too, which will, or suspension, which will really help um, on the interior. You, you've built quality depth these first five games before the bye. 
And I think the defensive line, the interior and the outside with the pass rush, both have about two to three deep at each each position. So um, it's, it's going to be an absolute battle. Um, I think, you know, you're going to need guys like Chop Robinson, Isaac to get home on the outside a couple of plays. Um, you know, deny Dennis Sutton, maybe, you know, forcing a fumble, forcing an interception, you know, big sacks, that kind of thing. And, and also getting pressure up the middle because you have to make McCarthy uncomfortable. I mean, you, you have to make him extremely frustrated. Again, a young quarterback hasn't seen the best competition, um, you know, make him uncomfortable. I, I have confidence in Manny Diaz um, getting pressure with the four guys, but also bringing, bringing linebackers, bringing Abdul Carter, bringing Curtis Jacobs, even bringing corners occasionally and, and safety. So, I think it's going to be very. I think it's going to be a very aggressive defensive game plan for Penn State. I mean, I would really, really put a ton of pressure on JJ McCarthy because I think that could be your best way to get this victory. And Manny Diaz, to your point and his credit, is very creative in producing that pressure. Uh, his best blitzing corner, I believe, is Johnny Dixon, and so mm-hmm. he's had a lot of success coming off the edge. But again, that's going to leave space open, right? Whether that's a zone coverage or or you're aborting a man-to-man coverage there. But what he really has, two tremendous chess pieces, are those linebackers, specifically the outside linebackers of Abdul Carter, Curtis Jacobs, and even Jonathan Sutherland, right? These are guys, and I'll, I'll highlight those first two, Jacobs and Carter, so you can show blitz with a Carter or a Jacobs and maybe Dixon comes from another spot and either that tight end or that tackle, you know, isn't prepared or the running back that is in the backfield. Right. And all of a sudden now a Carter or a Jacobs flips into zone coverage. So normally that read by McCarthy or another quarterback would be, okay, here comes the corner. Let me look for that spot. We have t- tremendously athletic, and long and rangy linebackers that can now, hey, they're showing blitz. It's the linebacker dropping into coverage and Dixon blasting off the edge. That makes life difficult for quarterbacks. You know, Dixon, a nice job of wrapping up open field tackles as well, particularly when he gets into the backfield. That's just one way that Manny Diaz has shown some creativity, leveraging the unique personnel that he has here at Penn State to – Exactly what you said, Tyler. Make a quarterback's life very uncomfortable in the pocket. Yeah, and and that was the the one thing against um, Purdue, Bob. I mean, Aiden O'Connell, the the way that they play at Purdue, they get the ball out quick, and he's a smart quarterback. He's been he's experienced. He's like Sean Clifford. He's been there forever, and that's why. Looking back at it, I I truly believe that's why that Penn State defense struggled in that game because. He he got the ball out. He got the ball out so quickly, and and it, it, their blitzes and 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 what they were trying to do just didn't fit against that opponent. That you know, um, but I agree. But, yeah, so I I think a team like Michigan and a quarterback like McCarthy, I think Manny Diaz can dial up some really good things. You know, m- give them different looks in and out of zone, man, whatever, and that that's kind of what you have to do defensively. Quick thought on Purdue. I mean, I think we're finding that Purdue's a pretty decent football team. 
Yeah, I mean, look, their their two losses both came to Penn State and Syracuse. Um, Syracuse is a lot better than anybody would have thought, except maybe Dino Babers. Um, and um, that was a down to the wire loss, just like the Penn State game was for them. Um, my opinion, as things stand right now, they you know they beat Minnesota on the road. Um, they have a pretty easy schedule. Purdue might be the favorite in the West as it stands right now. Um, Isn't that something? Yeah. Boy, I mean, it's crazy. Um, and I, I wouldn't write um, Minnesota off just yet. Um, but, you know, if there was a tiebreaker, uh, Purdue would have that. over them. And so um, that's looking like a pretty good win. I, I always thought it was a good win. I mean, you go on the road, your first game in the Big Ten – and um, first game of the season, and, and you win. That's that's a big win, no matter how you, how you slice it. Um, and and that's kind of what what I'm getting at right now is it's it's funny to me when people say, oh, "Well, well, Penn State hasn't played anybody yet," and and then it's like, "Well, then who?" And I'm gonna get off the topic a little bit, and it's like, "Well, who did Michigan play? They played Hawaii, UConn, Colorado State. Sure, they beat them by like 40 points each. Okay, that's great. They did what they did do." And then they played um, Maryland, who gave them quite the ball game. All they wanted and more at the big house. Actually, had their chances to win that game and, and just sure didn't. Did. Um, then they go on the road to Iowa. Who? Let's be honest. This Iowa team, at least on offense, Man. is terrible. Absolutely, it's pathetic. Um, then they go on the road, and they were in a dogfight for I don't know, maybe three quarters, almost three quarters against Indiana, who's really not that not that good either. Um, and then you hear the people say, well, Penn State beat Purdue. They're not good. Well, they are pretty good, um, at least in the Big Ten West. Oh, well, you know, Auburn, Auburn stinks this year. Well, I mean, Penn State went on the road to their place and dismantled them. It's not like they squeaked mm-hmm. by. I think that gets no. and listen, Auburn had a 17 nothing lead against LSU, and you could say, right. well, LSU stinks. And I mean, okay, it, well, it, I guess Florida State stinks because they almost it, be, who who's good, right? <laughs> now, that's the thing, Bob, and, and that's what I that's like what drives me nuts. And it's like, okay, so well, Penn State killed Auburn, but Auburn's not that good, but you barely beat Northwestern, okay? Well, it, it was, I mean, yeah, the weather had a lot to do with it, and I agree, it was a terrible game, but. I mean, where where do you like stop? Like your, I just never have liked the argument. Oh, they haven't played anybody. Yeah, you, you don't make the schedule. I mean, you know, you got to play who's on your schedule and take care of business, and that's really all that matters. But that is true. There, with, there could be if another performance like Northwestern does happen, though. I mean, there's a there would be a dud waiting sure. in there somewhere. But but with all that being said, right now going into this game. Penn State's more battle-tested than Michigan. Penn State should be prepared to go into this environment. They went into Purdue on a Thursday night to kick off the season. They 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 fought adversity multiple times, came back one. Go down to a tough environment in Jordan-Hare, tough environment for about a half or so. Kick the crap out of Auburn, get on the plane, come home. You know, so um, they this shouldn't be a shock, this, this environment going into Michigan, what's at stake, you know, and that's the thing, like, say what you will about Sean Clifford, because I'm, I'm a huge critic of him as well. I also like a lot of things that he's done at the same time. But um, he has played in big games like this before. 
on the road. You know, McCarthy has not played in a big game. Yes, he's gotten in big games, but not with not with him driving the car the whole game. I agree. It's great thoughts, great analysis. Leads us to our last segment here, which is your pick. Well, before that, I think the teams are very evenly matched, as we've mentioned. Um, special teams, okay? Barney Amore has been great for Penn State. I don't – Michigan has a pretty good punter, too, in Robbins. Um, Barney Amore has been unbelievable, really, for Penn State. Penn State's kicking situation, Jake Pinnegar, field goals, we, we know that's been a, a wild ride. And Michigan's got Jake Moody. He won the Lou Groza last year, or he was a finalist. I can't remember which. I hope it doesn't come down to that, but it could. And um, the, I'd give the slight edge to Michigan in that if it came down to that. And being it. Too. So. So, so your pick is? Well, I am going Michigan 24 to 21. Home game okay. and special teams kicking. I think as much as I hate to say it, I think that's what, what ultimately does it. I don't know if it would be a game-winning kick by Michigan or a missed attempt to tie, uh, tie for Penn State. Um, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be back and forth on the lead. Um, I just think that – I just don't have a ton of confidence in Sean Clifford. And I, I don't know if it's going to be the key turnover, um, you know, getting sacked, whatever, fumbles. Um, obviously, this isn't the Michigan defense or really the team of last year. They lost their two defensive ends. Um, mind you, now I'm going to sound like I'm taking – I'm going backwards a little bit. But Penn State did play them very well last year. Probably should have won the game at home. They didn't. Um, but it's a totally different year. I just – I think – Penn State will cover the seven-point spread, which I think is a little high, maybe a little wary. So, um, you know, and uh, other than that, I do think Michigan will squeak out a win. Everything tells me, it, you know, certainly it's in, Michi- in Michigan's favor. I think you're absolutely right on the field goal kicking. That is an issue that will cost Penn State. Uh, it is really difficult to win a game against a top five team deserved or not for that ranking on the road. I think Penn state does it this weekend. I think Penn state wins the football game and I'm going to pick 28 to 17. I think it's a 21, 17 game. Well, 28. Or... I think it's a 28, 17 win. I think it's going to be 21, 17 Penn state. Oh. Okay, sorry. Call it six minutes left in the game. I think they're going to actually milk the clock well, get down, score a touchdown, win by that eleven point margin. I hope you're right, man. Um, you know, I, I because I really do think he can go either way. I'm I'm really just saying loss for three reasons: quarterback, kicker, away. There, I mean, they're the three. They're the three things, but. Um, and, and the spread does scare me that seven points a little Smart bit, money. Smart money. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know people always say Vegas knows Vegas knows, but it just, I think the teams are so evenly matched that, you know, and home fields worth like three and a half, four points. It just, just feels high to me. 
and I hope they don't know something that we, you know, that we don't know, but I guess we'll yeah. find out. The smart money might be on the, the Wolverines. We shall see. But I think last year's Michigan team was wildly overrated. I think they deserve every bit of credit that they got for beating Ohio State. I, to this day, am incredibly surprised that that happened, but they out-physicaled Ohio State. I don't know if out-physicaling Penn State is actually the issue here or worry. Um, I think Penn State can stand up to the physicality. And so as a result, I think Penn State can, can win the football game. I know this is not last year's Michigan team, but again, that team that came to Beaver Stadium, was that impressive to you? Were some of their regular season games last year particularly impressive? I get that Georgia was an all-time great team, but that was nothing to write home about. To me, it all came down to a favorable schedule, some key moments in games where they easily could have lost, and then, yes, a program-defining win on the last game of the regular season against Ohio State. And congratulations to them for doing that. But, yes, I think this Michigan program – was a tad overrated last year. It yielded into the preseason rankings, and I think these are two dead-even teams going into this weekend's game, and I think Penn State makes a couple more plays. So you're telling me when Penn State beats Michigan, people are going to say, well, Michigan's really not that good. They're really not a top-five team. That's right. But <laughs> what did you do against Ohio State? Right, right. But what did and you do against Ohio State? And that's what that's exactly, and that's what it's always going to come. That's that's the measuring stick, and you know, we'll God, we'll get there in just about two weeks, I guess. But two well, big we'll games. Talk, we'll talk about that. But you're right. This is the three game stretch. This is what it's all about for Penn State football fans. You had a bye week to get ready for it. Now three weeks of fury. Enjoy it alongside of us. He's Tyler Gellhouse. I am Bob Long. Enjoy the football, everybody. Penn State, Michigan, at the big house. Big noon kickoff. Box. Enjoy. And we'll talk to you next week.